0: A very warm welcome to our listeners on Behind the Deal, a new podcast series that explores the intricacies of venture capital world, along with my co-host, Priya.
1: A guest on the third episode of Behind the Deal is Mr. Sunil Goyal, Managing Director of Your Nest Venture Capital, an early-stage venture fund he co-founded in 2011. He's also a former member of the Indian Angel Network and Mumbai Angels. He's led seed stage investments and guided companies to successful exits and prior to turning into a full-time investor, he was a senior executive in the telecom and FMCG industry. He believes in conscious capitalism and relishes driving businesses that involve a high sense of purpose and vision.
0: Thank you, Sunil, for
2: coming to Behind the Deal. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Ashish, uh, for having me over here. And uh, I love to be with your listeners today. Great, great. So let's start,
0: Sunil. So Sunil, your corporate experience traverses a variety of sectors such as Tabor and FM, FMCG Giant and then Bharti, Airtel or Telecom Pioneer. And so tell us what was the trigger that made you shift to venture capital?
2: There are multiple triggers uh, in my lifetime to begin with the uh... Let me flash back to 1984 when I was uh, 17 years old in 11th standard. During my vacations, I was uh, doing some private tutorials and I still remember a professor walking into a class of 10-20 of us. And, uh, that day, the, the thin class in a shed you know, of a ground floor apartment. And this gentleman said, have to respect a profession ever in your life, what would it could be. We all must have responded in whatever knowledge we had as uh, kids at that time. He ultimately said, it is entrepreneur, the one who creates the jobs. Some that's engraved in my mind and all through my life, I'm looking for opportunities engaged with this particular fraternity. May not have understood the meaning at that time. As I get along, today I've, if there is a teacher or a doctor from a noble profession, they start an entrepreneurial venture. They have multiplier impact. We know what uh, Baiju has done a teacher turning into an entrepreneur and creating significant value. So that was one aspect. When I started my career, it was uh, with Dabar. And soon I grew to become uh, the head of corporate planning. While I was uh, heading corporate planning, my role was to allocate the funds between various uh, brands. So we had a plethora of brands and it was all about this year, what to allocate, where to allocate, which to uh, invest. In. Well, that was going on. I got an offer uh, to talk to Sunil Bharti Mittal of Bharti Airtel, And mm-hmm. uh, he offered me to be the executive assistant for him. From head of corporate planning of a hundred-year-old, well-established brand in FMCG, and here comes an offer from a startup which is yet to evolve its uh, business model in such a such in certain manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow, the future opportunity of telecom and the change that it can make and drive it can uh, attracted me towards uh, joining uh, Sunil Bharti. And within two months of joining in a board meeting, we were negotiating a transaction of $500 million where Wabo Pinkus participated with nearly $300 million. Within four years of that investment, Vobo walked away with $1.2 billion. In a way, we should be happy. But for me, this became a problem statement. Not a single penny was made by an Indian for an opportunity that was so far, so visible and vast. Uh, and that kept on uh, pushing me towards how do we get the wealth of our uh, uh, domestic uh, participant individuals to be channelized to this asset class. And uh, I became an active angel investor. As I became an investor, a member of tie the entrepreneur, I got to learn the tricks of the trade and uh, came together with Sanjay and uh, Grish to launch your nest all for the purpose of creating a nest for the startup entrepreneurs. And here am I nurturing it
0: that's that's fascinating Sunil absolutely fascinating yeah Vishnu Priya? Uh
1: Sunil thank you for sharing the riveting journey but we're just wondering that you know you're in a niche field that a venture capital a venture building and uh, on top of that the uh, area that interests you most as a fund is deep tech So why is it centered around deep tech, especially when you look at job creation or, you know, the precipice that India is uh, at when it comes to this domain? And secondly, how do you measure the demand and competition for the same from the uh, perspective of an investor?
2: Vishnu Priya, very, very important question. India, been known for its tech talent in the mid 90s when uh, emerging companies like Infosys happened to create an outsourcing wing. For the rest of the world. That was a source of significant employment. Our youth happened to get uh, jobs. The only difference at that point was that it was an incremental value creation. It was more like a body shopping where in a person is paid double, triple or four times or whatever services that the person is renting. However, the tech talent of India started attracting R&D centers from worldwide. We looked at the data by 2012 when we launched Your Nest. India had thousand plus R&D centers of global company and uh, these R&D centers were doing uh, product engineering they were doing computer science research they're the people who were the first creating the product specialist or the product talent for India and the magic of product is even a company some examples you know, we come across companies from cities like uh, Coimbatore and Chandigarh somebody a team of 10 or fifteen people have created a product software product using the online medium of uh, cloud and mobile they are reaching out to the rest of the world they are having turnovers of three to four million dollars doing just supporting that SaaS product so this is a breed of uh, product engineers or i would say product first engineers who have never worked in a services industry these people by t- 2020 create multiple unicorns now unicorns like uh, zoho and others came by that also gave a breed of confidence that the SaaS products from India or IoT products from India, or IP-led product can create significant value for the investor. So when we stopped uh, looking at uh, the space of deep tech, you know, deep tech uh, changes this meaning as you go along. It was uh, 2016 and 17. we launched our second fund. At that time, we said investing SaaS products, which is AI, machine learning or Internet of Things or things that are coming, uh, blockchain and AR, VR, etc. Why that th- thesis was, these are the engineers who have created products for global company. These are the in who actually know and have sold products to every nook and corner of the world. So the sales teams of uh, India have gone and sold products. If they are able to create something globally competitive, our thesis at Tionis is nurturing global market leaders from India. We are not looking at consumer market of India. We are looking at the enterprise market uh, worldwide is far more capital efficient. And there can be multiple in, in a particular domain. Important aspect is the one who wins a particular customer once. It's it's a lifetime customer journey that, that starts in the enterprise uh, software base. Our thesis is identify such novel product innovations coming out of India, support them in such a manner that they build a large, meaningful organization and we uh, keep on uh, keep on investing in them round after round.
0: So Sunil, what sort of challenges do you see in the deep tech domain? I mean, some example where you can share from your portfolio company.
2: Ashish, you yourself is uh, from <laughs> the domain of uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, you know, it's, it's not about uh, the portfolio companies that we... It is across uh, the, the the sector. The challenge is available quality data. What is artificial intelligence is where hundreds and two hundred thousands of cases or millions of cases are fed into the system in a man- computer can take the decision on its own. That kind of database, unstructured, structured, being available and collated over a period of time, different time zones, different geographies, different uh, user groups, hardly available. And if it is not available, the challenge is Whatever knowledge that you have of AI, it cannot be implemented. To overcome that challenge, you know, we, we started using where can we get trustworthy data. The trustworthy data is where there is no human intervention. It is about the data that is collected using Internet of Things, sensors all across. So When sensors are picking data, let's say about my health. If I'm a, uh, uh, I'm getting monitored uh, through some device, uh, whether it is a wearable device or others, Every uh, every few uh, milliseconds, there is a data that is uploaded. That is a reliable data. Now, that data has to be collated, collected, and interpreted by a startup. The challenge is about getting authentic data. If you are able to do that, so, for example, we are able to do in healthcare, we are able to do in uh, machines, factories, and uh, you know, these areas. We are also able to do this in the area of uh, fintech because in uh, financial services, insurance tech, there are... Uh, data available like this. If you're able to collate data from, it's a very, very important and good need to be able to use the current available technologies. Particularly the purpose is that earlier it will be post-facto analysis. Then we started looking at preventive. Cell. Now we're going for predictive. And even in predictive, it is the technology has to help towards what you call faster decision-making. That means faster, accurate decision-making. This is, so uh, I would say reliability of data and collation of that particular data is the biggest challenge that our startups mm-hmm. face to be able to scale up uh, at the right time once they have it once they have customers we get across uh, you know we have an insurance tech company aria.ai in the insurance tech company if i go to any and the person says that i launch a new insurance policy and i only have a database of let's say 50 60000 customers over a period of last 2 years we cannot implement ai for them need data of 200,000 or quarter million users for a bigger use case and then be able to deploy AI for them. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I
0: can rephrase, you know, in terms of Sunil, um, uh, yeah, yeah. sorry, Vishnu Priya, if I can just rephrase the question in terms of so what sort of sectors during your fund, you know, you have seen you're more bullish on what sort of sectors within deep tech domain, uh, which has not performed uh, as you might have thought of, you know, which sort of domains within deep tech uh If you can
2: share some insights, very very new right now. Okay, mm. it's very young for us to make a statement. Of what is succeeding, What is etc. However, mm-hmm. let me give examples as to how, where exactly the things are working better for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, since I gave an example of healthcare, we've invested mm-hmm. in a company called Dozy. Dozy has a contactless uh, IoT device to be put placed under the mattress when you're sleeping or in a hospital bed just under the mid, this particular device around the chest area would be placed. This uh, and how this idea came by, Mudit, who is the founder of the company, he was working for a for a German automaker and his job was to place sensors on the dashboard and the sensors were supposed to tell after taking the reading which part of the automobile is not working. While his parents in Bangalore, were uh, going through these uh, uh, the health problems. Why can't I put the same sensors to track the health of my parents? Ultimately he created and gave birth to Dozy. Uh, This is the kind of use case you know today for example we can't afford in India to have every bed to be an ICU bed. From a ward to to that kind of upgradation is not just not possible. A technology like this can make many many beds uh, what do you call uh, mini ICU or step down ICU and one can track the health of the people. Sectors like this, where the use cases are there, uh, they are, in the last uh, nine months, they have saved 300 lives uh, with 3,000 beds in, installed or so. That's healthcare example. To give an example of uh, another company, overall development of a child understood by AI, by interacting with the child continues. They cannot interact with Alexa or uh, Google Talk. We've, uh, we have a, a company called Miko. Miko is founded by Sne Vaswani. Yeah, he was uh, in the 60 years history of IIT Mumbai. He's the guy who got technical roll of honor, second person to get technical roll of honor. When he came, with, came up with his uh, product, the first in IC was Toy Mekon Invest Karega. This is a you know, Miku or toy which interacts with the you know, the child. When we got deeper into it, it had multiple senses. And the AI to be able to understand what child's requirement is and respond to the child accordingly, learn from whatever the child is doing, saying, interacting, and from there build on that particular aspect. Be more like a companion, a friend for a uh, for for a child. Use case like this AI specifically personalized to a to to child need is uh, is a use case that today I must say Miko has customers within two years of this launch of Miko in. 140 countries. For me personally, Steve Jobs launched iPhone in 2007 and gave a beautiful gift to the to the world. And here is Sneha Swani from IIT Mumbai, who's given a Robo uh, to the world. And we have customers in 140. countries. So that's the second use case. I'm on the deep tech side, uh, failures here. Yeah, you know, 2014 we invested in a company which uh, was doing telemedicine, the uh, C consult for the doctors. Now. Every element of theirs, we will be using AI as we build the database out there. But Building a data was a journey of four or five years until those four or five years actually put in money to for, for systems to learn. As an early stage fund who's got only a limited amount of capital without a large VC fund or a growth stage VC fund coming and co-investing with us, it was impossible for us to build that tent. However, a business like that, in case would have been uh, sustaining itself uh, during the COVID period, maybe this could have been a unicorn because by this time, uh, everybody was ready to go digital and uh, you know, and you can say share their records or consult online and build a database on their uh, health and wellness. Examples could be many. I can keep going on Ashish and Vishnupriya.
1: No, like you rightly said, Sunil, that's great. I mean, investing in disruptive innovation. We're just wondering then going by your portfolio, uh, which segment out of the B2B, B2C and D2C do your investments cater to most successfully? Uh, And perhaps we could revisit them in light of the examples you've already cited, Dozi and Miku.
2: Factors are obviously consumer insight that the founder has and around that consumer is developing a product makes the best uh, use case it is just about we funding the idea or uh, the founder keeping the promises if the founder keeps on meeting his promise you know then the journey starts it is about the first six months of we partnering with a company within such a short period of time we get to see is the founder able to make every commitment they are making that gives the confidence for us to not only write a check first, the second check and a follow-on round on those companies, also get other co-investors to go coin and invest. What we've learned in deep tech for it to be successful, you know, and this learning came 2012. 2012, we invested in a company called uh, BookMyCab. We never knew there is an Uber on the other part side of the world. We only knew about Ola. We, we, we were growing 15% month on month. The, uh, we were getting... Cash profits were there in the business as it was growing. Uh, however, the mistake one mistake that we made that we were the solo investor in the bench. We never went on to other co-investors to come and come and participate in that in that company as the business would be needing more capital in a quantitative scenario. Then multiple investors are required. Since two thousand and fourteen, whenever we are investing in deep tech, we are making sure that we have number of co-investors supporting the company. So the moment you And we are advised to founders who are listening to us, please make sure that not only one VC comes in, you need to look at that the number of other VCs come along who have the ability to write subsequent rounds of checks for your growth as you meet the requirement. That's one parameter of learning that we've got to build deep tech the reason is the international capital will come and touch these founders only at the Series C stage. Series A needs to be led from within India, from the resources in India largely. Uh, therefore, surviving through that period is a very, very important aspect and a plan any, any founder need to have.
0: Oh, that's really interesting, Sunil. Um, uh, really interesting insight how uh, in terms of Series C, then only international comes in. I, I think the listeners also will, ve- will be very interested in knowing... From your perspective how your fundraising journey has been so far so <laughs> because we recently had another venture capital firm called lightbox so they shared their insight in terms of they made 200 plus calls to raise capital etc so how was your journey for example we were going through your website you have raised uh, approximately 215 yeah, crores 30 million dollar yeah. out of which 60 crore is uh, is from electronic development fund backed by indian government. Yeah. so what has been sort of your composition and what has been your experience in raising capital you know uh,
2: that will be really uh, you know i'm an yeah. entrepreneur uh, you know, by definition as entrepreneurs mm-hmm. we've the worst of time was a 60 crore fund within of, uh, the sebi approval we got uh, around 30 percent uh, subscribed and we felt that uh, the balance of following six months not a penny came it was oh. the first few mm-hmm. investors were the ones who were in the end circle and uh, known people who came and invested with us after that it was all about Prove to us what's happening and that's the time the Government of India's India Opportunity Fund, SIDBI, uh, was the only one who came after almost one and a half years to, to invest with us. The real journey started when there was a proof of the pudding. As an angel investor, I had a lead around in a company called Zipdial and a couple of other uh, you know, such mobile uh, opportunities. I happened to get an exit by selling to Twitter in 2015. So my journey started in 2012 March of uh, first close of the fund. After January 2015, when the Zip Dial transaction was announced, then the wealth managers came along, started talking about our story, and we got oversubscribed versus 60 crores to 90 crores plus at that particular point in time. The first wow. fund was raised through this particular means. And uh, for getting these 140 individual investors, that time the minimum ticket size for us was only 25 lakhs of rupees. So large number of investors individuals professionals were educated to come and invest with us the important uh, thing is to get those 140 we must have reached a thousand plus of them and uh, this is about the first fund if i go to the second fund second fund obviously it becomes uh, easier there was some performance to talk about even at the fund level there were there was a visibility of uh, exit basis that uh, story We could go back to our existing investors. And existing investors contributed in the 215 crore or a $30 million fund. Almost $14 million came in from the existing investors from the first fund. They just multiplied their commitment three times, four times, five times and came on board in the the subsequent fund. And then, thanks to the government of India... They had a sovereign fund called Electronic Development Fund, sponsored by Ministry of Electronics and IT. The domestic pool of capital coming in, they contributed 20% of the fund corpus. That triggered us to be able to raise uh, the the desired sum of uh, $30 million. We grew from, let's say, $14 million in fund fund, fund one to $30 million. Hopefully, keep growing. This journey of fundraisers is very tough. It is toughest for, uh, it is much more tougher for us. As a founder, you are selling only one story, for one idea, for one business and raising capital by meeting uh, hundreds of uh, investors. In our case, uh, we have to go and tell them that we are raising your capital and we'll be trusting your capital, giving it to some other founder who's going to be doing an exceptional job and making money for both of us. So uh, for them to get the confidence that we have the capability and the desire to be able to build a business over a period of 8 to 10 years, Is a very important, uh, you can say, milestone that has to be crossed in the minds of an investor. So when uh, limited partners, international limited partners started looking at us or family office started partnering with us, they have to think through whether this team will stay together for a period of next uh, 12 years or so. This is a long-term commitment. Uh, Our value system, our culture, every aspect is studied by our uh, limited partners before making a commitment. It is just not about... Uh, capability insight, or uh, you know, or about uh, the, the the investment thesis that we are pursuing. Investment thesis can be pursued by many. It is how institutionalized are the processes uh, to take a decision, uh, to do the decision making. Uh, today, at your nest, we are for four general partners and supported by a team of another ten people. And four general partners come very very diverse uh, skill set. I must give an example out here. Many. Uh, whenever I'm speaking at uh, some of the other event in uh, colleges and institutions, normally people ask, uh, what is the best time to do a startup? I keep telling them that it is not about when you get uh, your first order, you get your first insight, you get uh, uh, you get somebody to give you funding. Please do not start it. Start it only when you have people far more capable than you ready to join you as partners or employees or first time or your initial set of employees. The moment you're able to claim that there are people who are sharing your dream and they're complementary and actually multiple times more capable than you, that's the time you should be launching a startup. Even if you don't have funding, even if you don't have an idea, everything will come along with a team that is talented uh, who's come together. So for for us, it was all about uh, putting together a highly talented team, thereby Uh, staying in the market to be able to raise capital.
1: That's very interesting, Sunil. Uh, And I think your journey and your philosophy, at your honest, also covers an exhaustive list of criteria that you look for in companies which assesses their internal strength, be it Uh, team strength, the strength of vision, their go-to-market strategy, etc. We're just wondering that from an investor perspective, uh, when you need to measure your investment decision, what is the most crucial factor for you keeping your and your limited partner's interests in mind? And how have these indicators changed for you over the last two funds that you've already raised successfully as well as the third one that you're about to start now.
2: In fact, there are there is a change I, I should actually narrate them from the change that is taking place because you've asked for a very insightful question. The first thing, early days, we were very happy with the, that there is somebody who's doing unique thing. Unique thing, if the market size over a period of next four, five, six, is not going to be large, large enough, there is no fun in doing that. So it may be a product innovation. Innovation has to address. Maybe today the market size is small. But by that time, the time the it touches the consumers and enterprises and customers, it should be a larger larger it should be able to steal market share from the other ways that the, uh, the the clients and the customers were doing the business significant change one second team you know assessment of a team one is from the point of of building a business to be able to go through highs and lows of an entrepreneurial journey there are hundreds of parameters that we look at on that particular side, but the moment we what what our learning is? Learning is that the one already got experience of entrepreneurial journey or a startup being built early on, maybe had the role of a business head or a PNL head, uh, had that exposure as how what triggers that scale happening? Triggering that scale happens. There is one market share of talent. This particular person is ready to hire within few months of, of uh, raising funds. We always had uh, ESOP pool and significant ESOP pool. Most of the founders do not use it over a period of even five years. We are now impressing upon them that this ESOP pool has to be used within the next six months of our funding. Even if it is 10% is worth a million dollars, please go ahead, use that particular pool, attract talent. If you're not going to be attracting talent, you're not going to be good enough for a series A or a series B funding. So. That's one uh, or second mega change. The assessment of innovation. Earlier, I- in that element, we are going to be winning uh, customers from worldwide market. We've learned just being successful in India for a product is only going to build a 20-25 million dollar revenue company at the moment. It has to have customers in the US market. By going to Middle East or Singapore that used to be we used to be doing, that Southeast Asia and this thing or uh, UK etc., these were there in our mind in 2012, 13, 14, etc. Never worked out. Now, we only push our startups that, do you have the capability to launch your product in the most developed market, which is US? If you're able to win customers, that means to be competitive with the best of the best companies from any part of the world. See, let's say, you know, HDFC, a customer out here in India, right? it's a $100 billion organization. If there are customers out here, I can go and, go and talk to any uh, uh, any large enterprise in the US and seek them to be the customers of our company. Is there an ability of the founder to relocate themselves to an internal market, like particularly US, to be able to go and hire talent in that, to be able to go and sell those products out there as enterprise B2B are another very, very important uh, criteria that we need we have learned over a period of time. And then uh, I, I, the, the go-to market and others aspects may look like a hygiene in a, why SaaS? You know, we we say we invest in software as a service and SaaS is valued at 10 to 20 times of revenue. Whereas if you come and tell me that we have a services business, we may not value you more than 0.25 or 0.5 of your revenue, uh, depending on who your services clients are. Whereas in a SaaS, it is valued at 10 to 20 times. The reason it's an NUT business. And one very important parameter that we look at and understand when the founders have built a business model, are you getting an advanced payment from your See, when I go to LinkedIn and become a premier customer or... Uh... Yeah, so, I have to make the advance payment out there. When I go to Zoom, I have to make an advance payment for this thing. When I was in Bharti Airtel, it was all prepaid customers' payment was made in advance. It is a very, very good judgment call of a go-to-market or a business model that your customers are ready to pay you in advance. If the customer is ready to pay you in advance, you have a very, very good thumbs up from our side that... You have a beautiful business model, go to market, your product is uh, having, an, which is uh, which is universal and acceptable without your product, uh, their life may be meaningless as customers. So many aspects have to be looked at uh, while uh, evaluating a startup for us to end.
0: And Sunil, how do you recommend your portfolio company when is
2: the right time for them to pivot? Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, pivot or remodel the complete business model. The more we get to, this is not going to be a hundred million dollar or it is not going to be a margin business where we can say that it will have at least $50 million of uh, gross margin in the next five to six. That is established by being in the market, by talking to the customers, by being as to what rate the customers are coming in. Is the word of mouth spreading uh, well for, for that particular idea? If it is not... It is time to come back, sit back. And obviously, uh, repeat, repeat, repeat customers are not happening. Uh, uh, You know, Retention rates may be lower. These factors come and tell us that it is time to pivot altogether. So either we say this team is not good enough. So we walk away and we say we have to take a complete write-off. Or the best way is this is the team which uh, did extremely well, made every possible effort. They've come back with the learnings and insights. Of basis what was going wrong and hence we can now put fresh capital as if it is a fresh start and evaluate on those parameters and uh, and this time because we the founder work allocate higher amount of capital okay so that's how uh, the pivots have worked and those those pivots uh, if we are able to uh, nurture them for the next 18 to 24 months it, uh, it changes the complexion now here let me give you the story of uh, Unifor. Unifor is uh, the company that we invested in March 2014. They came to us and uh, said that uh, all the laborers and the farmers, they, the ones who do not know how to read and write, they know how to speak. And our machines will speak to them and through speech recognition, enable conversations to happen using machine learning and AI. Very simple stuff. And we felt, yes, uh, this is a game changer. This will be required for uh, people uh, because... All of us naturally know how to speak rather than how to write and read. Serendipity that this particular business we never knew that even you and me will start talking to the machine. So today with Google Talk and Siri, this has become a prevalent. This company is now on the verge of becoming a large Indian SaaS uh, player. What happened? Within 18 months of our investment, that is uh, middle of 2015, we said that uh, this particular company, you are doing license sales. You are going to a customer and saying, this is a license for me and pay quarter million dollars or a million dollars and basis that you will be, they will have a lifetime license from uh, Unifor. We said that it is time to pivot to SaaS model. So sometimes in 2016, March, the board decided to pivot to SaaS. It took 18 months for them to get first customer. First customer came from Singapore. You know, that pivot was a significant pivot enterprises in India at that point in time were familiar to and they were a capex budget and to be able to pay basis uh, one-time allocation of capital expenditure. The moment we went back that it is going to be monthly pay 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 per use basis uh, charges to be paid as against a million dollar you'll be paying let's say ten thousand dollars a month it became an unpredictable cost for them whereas there was a sense of assurance that if uh, this product doesn't work for them they can come out of the contract uh, under certain conditions. So SaaS was a very customer-friendly stuff, but it was not understood. Now, that pivot was a painful pivot, but the moment it started getting customers from the markets, we we got uh, investors like John Chambers and uh, uh, Silicon Valley investors who came forward. Uh, Series C happened at $51 million in 2019. Things changed. Uh, we, we got an excellent exit of uh, 16 times our entry price. Uh, Pivots don't normally don't work so easily. This was a case where the Umesh Sachdev, the founder and Ravi Sarogi were at it, at it consistently without letting go of the opportunity that we will get the SaaS customer in a moment again. Yeah, Dushan Priya, you're
0: uh, Sunil,
1: uh, when, since you've already touched upon the right time for a person to gauge whether or not, you know, uh, it's time for them to start up as well as pivot. Just wondering, how do you assess competition for your portfolio company? Since a lot of these companies are trying to create a market and create a demand, Um, is it a matter of fear or rather uh, do you sense opportunity when you see seen younger players in the market trying to experiment in the same domain from an investor's point of view as well as from your entrepreneurial wisdom?
2: Uh, IP-led, patent-led venture for a longer period have the core patent, then we know that we have some competitive survive through any kind of competition. Let me not give an example in that area. I'll give an example in an area wherein we software-defined wide-area network company uh, level. And this company, when it came to us, was a replica of whatever was being done by Cisco worldwide, VMware worldwide, so hyper-competitive and competition coming from global markets. What was the difference? The difference was that they were able to win customers despite this hyper-competition in the Indian market. They already had 1,000 networks installed in 2018 when we partnered. What was the assessment? Assessment changed. Assessment was not about the unique IP because whatever was there on product roadmap was already going to be on the product roadmaps of Cisco and VMware. We spoke to their product managers. We got into the insights. There was nothing coming out as a differentiation. But what came was the speed of it. It was that versus those global giant, this company will be able to, Move quickly, faster, nimbly, and the team demonstrated what that skill set. The moment that skill set was demonstrated, we wrote a check today. After two years versus thousand connections, they have they have ten thousand installs, so ten x growth in the market, becoming largest player in Southeast Asia for the banking trend sector. That means competing head on and winning those. Customers. So assessment parameters change from company to company. In some places. Uh, let me give you an example of another one where the investment was not uh, was primarily based on the product roadmap. I spoke about Miko, a robotics company. Uh, you know it is about Miko one was the one product which was launched and obviously we we, we talked about we said this this product needs to have these these the, the features coming in now the moment we talked about the features uh, list, it was a ten year product roadmap that the founder shared with us, and in the ten year product roadmap, every year there was a product to be launched by them. And, and 10x improvement in the product features every time. And we mapped that t- uh, features with the global leader. At that time, in you know, a robotics, there was a global leader company, 700 billion million million in valuation. And that company had raised $140 million. They were planning a similar product in 2019, what our company was trying to launch. You know, our assessment that this company can actually uh, fulfill and create that kind of product came in handy. They created, launched the product whereas their competition from us with 100 million dollar in valuation could not do it they had to wind up uh, on the reverse side even we could be the company who could have not uh, delivered the the product as planned it is about in a deep tech case, a sus- comprehensive knowledge of product roadmap in case you are playing with ip so product roadmap comes in very very for us to be able to 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 write a check and uh, Keep uh, participating in subsequent rounds. So in Miko, we have participated in three rounds by now. Started our journey with the six hundred thousand dollars check. Wrote subsequent check of two million. Subsequent rounds ra- rounds of further check. Even level, uh, which was the software-defined wide area network execution play. Within a year, we wrote a second check, doubled our double down our. Uh, our, our Sunil, I wanted to go back a little bit. You mentioned
0: about Unifor, right? So yep. uh, you accepted Unifor in 2020 and returned approximately percent of capital through the single uh, exit. exit. Yes. So how do you decide? You know, when is the right time to return the capital or use that capital for new investment or double down your
2: investment? Like, what is the thought process behind that? See, in case of, we had played a role as a early stage venture capital, as a pre-series A guy, maneuver them to be able to do all kinds of experimentation, all kinds of. Pay- to be able to win the clients globally. It was a time that uh, we had lived with them for a period of almost five years. We knew that the company is growing at the rate of 3x. When they're growing at this, th- the valuation will jump. Now, we know that we got an exit at some $160 million valuation. The valuation jump next is going to be at least 400 to $600 million. If that is the kind of valuation jump should we be waiting for uh, another 18 months or so? Actually, if you played your role and you believe that You have further opportunity to invest and nurture companies like Unifor many more times. It is better to go back and invest there rather than (coughs) just, uh, uh, you know, doubling or tripling your money. It is better that you give. Today, money is nascent. Venture capital is our investor limited partners haven't seen exit. Whenever there is going to be a choice, max liquidity for investors versus maximizing return, we believe we must choose maximizing liquidity. So that's the... Uh, That's the kind of uh, deliberation that goes into our IC. So we made our choice in case of Unifor. It became easier because we chose maximizing liquidity and our role was done, was a critical factor. Otherwise, there are other conditions for exit. Today morning, only one announcement has come of a second exit that we did uh, in 2020. The acquirer made an announcement today. It's a SmartQ company acquired by Compass. SmartQ is digitizing cafeterias. Now, While digitizing cafeterias, we were building, growing well. We had uh, customers and signing up from uh, multiple parts of the world. In the month of uh, April, nothing, uh, uh, all cafeterias closed down. Can you survive? There is no way that uh, you can survive. Whereas the technology was the largest user of that technology for us was uh, Compass, a UK-based $30 billion company. They came, made an offer uh, to acquire the technology from us. We made an exit of a 16% IRR. It was a low, poor exit, not happy at all. But the exit decision had to be taken. Otherwise, we knew how long the pandemic will continue and for how long we should continue to support it. Uh,
1: Sudeen, since you mentioned liquidity for investors and um, you know timing um, this liquidity, we're just wondering that what is your methodology while defining metrics for exits, especially from your current port. I mean, the current portfolio, com- current crop that you're nurturing. And uh, can you walk us through your most successful exit in each of the two funds, please?
2: Exits are only two that I talked about, Unifor and SmartQ uh, on the fund level. Personally, I happen to sell one company, Twitter, which was ZipDial. Second was PCCW to Hong Kong. Uh, we sold, uh, one and- and sold one and sold one to Paytm. So I've had five experiences of exits in the last uh, five, six years. If I have to look at some basis that it is a cash flow available with the company able to grow to the level that is, that's the first level. Uh, first, very, very important is how well the company can grow with the current cash in the book. Second, what is the valuation at which the offer is coming? You know, that valuation and in what form you're getting compensated. I've made my mistakes. There was a, exit offer that came in for a, a company a book my cab from ola 2014 we were we were profitable we were running fine we were growing fine and that's the time they came in and uh, the negotiation was going on they offered all the payout uh, versus our expectation almost half of the money but everything in equity of ola at that point in time we made a wrong judgment not realizing that ola will grow from 900 crores to 15,000 crores and that uh, equity that they were offering was good enough for us to be able to make money. Whereas we felt that our own business model will be able to grow faster and better. The decisions have to be that what is the current cash flow? What is the valuation that is on table? Evaluation multiples that we are getting today are uh, great, good. And then what is the inspiration of the entrepreneur? Entrepreneur would like to partner sometimes get uh, the strategic partners to give them a solid, stronger foundation to build that business consistently. Such a happy moment. You know, when I spoke to the founders of uh, uh, SmartQ, it's been almost a year that Compass has acquired them. They continue to have the same independence that they had when they were running a startup. Whatever was promised by Compass is being fulfilled by them. That kind of amazing experience, if they keep happening, the the founders will will, will continue to new partners and a strategic partner who's consistently using their technology for their customers, for in-house use, and taking them global and hence paying a disproportionately higher price to us. Uh, We are currently in discussions with uh, two more uh, such uh, exit discussions. It is about the founder's belief that instead of running to VC after VC for growth, maybe it is better to have a strategic partner. So at that point in time, we will go with the choice that the founder is making. That he he believes that if he has a partner who is a strategic partner and is ready to actually support and agree to, to fund them for the next three to five years, give them the independence they, they, they need as an entrepreneur or a, as a business head within the system, we'll be happy to make an exit. And Sunil, how do you resolve a conflict
0: wherein scenarios uh, investor might want to exit and the founders are not uh, on the same page?
2: How do you deal with such? So, they, they are well-defined rules, regulations, etc. So mm-hmm. after five, five and a half years, we, L G capitalists, have the right to be able to exit at least our portion of the Founders should come and say that I to be doing this business for lifetime. We enjoy that. They don't have to think about their exit They are giving their life to that particular problem while they are doing so they can enable baton to be passed from us Another investor to another investor. So that's the best scenario But there are scenarios wherein the acquirer will say if I want to acquire the stake of the of the investor I also won't be the share of the founders actually this situation doesn't happen that often. It is the reverse that happens. There is a fatigue that can't gets into the founder's mind. He believes that if he is able to sell the business for 20, 30, 40 million dollars, he will get 5, 10 million dollars. That is good enough rather than doing a labor. It's better that uh, I, I make an exit. Whereas we as investors would be looking at that it is time to build it. But if the founder takes a decision, we have to go with the founder. So that's the scenario uh, one, which is painful scenario for us. But we have to go with the founder. On the other hand, if we want to exit and founder wants to keep on building and there is an acquisition offer which is uh, can't be bettered by, uh, by somebody who only wants to buy our shareholding, it's a tough situation. We haven't come across that situation as of now. Let's see how, how we'll overcome that situation someday. Great. And also, uh, uh,
0: when we were going through the website, so there are sets of fund you have. So you have a fund 2 and angel fund. So what's the reason for creating separate fund, separate angel fund, you know? How do you differentiate these funds or what was the thought process set up in angel fund and fund 2? Ashish fund of
2: ours of uh, 90 crores was mm-hmm. actually there is a fund 1 and the fund 2. Only difference mm-hmm. is the fund 1 had the luxury to use the name angel fund and the reason we could use it at that time in 2011-12 the word angel fund was not known. And we knew that any founder who's going to be going a search for angel funding, yours will be on top in case our name is angel, has angel fund. So uh, the, this was a generic word. We were able to get that name into our fund name. So we, we, we leverage that. It is see for a start for a venture capital. It is always about, the, it is about quality of deals that come to you and you being able to, to make a choice from there. So the Angel Fund happened to put it to us on the SEO on top. That was the reason that the name was Angel Fund. Otherwise, it would have been Uranus India VC Fund 1. And that's how the name should have been. In the second one, it was VC Fund 2. Now, when we'll conceptualize, so it will be Fund 3. So there is nothing in the name as such. It was opportunistic that we could leverage the brand the, the, the trademark or so by naming us Angel Fund. Let me here share with you. Why I'm saying it's a quality of deal flow that isn't. And how do we do differently? In uh, first week of April 2020, pandemic had just hit us. And uh, we as your nest were doing weekly, we, we've been doing weekly meetings and we, they moved online, RT meetings. One of our analysts, uh, Rajat saroop he just asked us a question that, why is this partnership spending so much of time on the deals that are coming in? Rest of the world has started start telling them that we are not investing anymore. We are going to be only reserving capital for our current portfolio. In any case, our current portfolio is predicting for the next three to six months, nil to insignificant revenues. That is a very important uh, statement made by the analyst. Whereas I happen to recall that the best monies that I've made was in 2001 and 2008. That was the best IRR. Just push back. Maybe we'll get our best deal in uh, these times. Next week, the same Rajat came back to us and said, if we are continuing to invest and look at the deal flow can we create a hype about it it was such a pleasurable statement to hear we just told uh, the two analysts that come back to us what we can do different by 21st april they came back to us and said we will do online pitching summit for your nests very well good you know by first may we launch india's first fast track funding program in partnership with cisco intel uh, Qualcomm at the background, Invest India, and uh, all these partners. This program was called URNESS SOAR. And we promised that we will meet, scan the companies faster. Within 14 days of uh, application acceptance, we got 1932 applications. Pruned them down to 64, we shortlisted 10 for us to be able to invest and in support sub- point in time. Two companies got acquired after our term sheets uh, were given. And we were able to not only invest in three directly, we got four more companies from our network who reached out to us that you are the ones who are funding, so we want to share the best deals. Versus investing in only two or three deals, last year, 20, we invested in seven startups. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Vishnupriya, you have
1: a follow-up. Sunil, just a quick follow-up. Since you've talked about how you positioned yourself as a fund uh, and you do pride yourself as a nurture capital versus a venture capital fund, uh, can you tell us that who provides this uh, specialized guidance from your team in the domain of deep tech and how do you support your company, investees, till you exit? And... uh, Yes, especially since you've had a significant, I mean, close to a decade of experience. Uh, How has this actually changed over the past 10 years?
2: Nurture Capital Heart, it is about uh, the first time I need support. First area that is on team building, on developing culture, making systems and processes where everybody thinks uh, their opinion uh, counts. You're able to attract best talent. You're sharing wealth with them. So there's one aspect of uh, culture vision, mission, you know, alignments, one area that uh, engrave these things early on in the in the founders minds. The second area always see and come to know that versus the companies that are uh, coming out of uh, us or uh, the developed market, most of the time our techies are poor on packaging, position, branding their product. Hence, we worked far deeper with them on the brand values, on on marketing communication that's one area where in packaging and positioning is uh, is an important area so one side is people second side, the side is the brand area then on the product roadmap whatever be the, be the product roadmap of sas it need to continuously evolve and what features to build in what features not to build in and in case it is a hardware product how to source the components from where to source the components, uh, where exactly to product to get manufactured these are specialized knowledge, and particularly for electronic you know, items. India is just uh, uh, developing the ecosystem. But I must tell you, uh, we've, we've got uh, Miko Replica prepared last, last year from a factory in Noida. We have Levelka, sd van, everything in-house. I talked about Dozi. Again, everything make in, make in India kind. We are able to handhold them to be able to, to where exactly to source and how to develop the product roadmap. And then there comes a 100-day playbook, which is a proprietary document with your nest. In that playbook, we talk about every element of uh, what you call uh, compliances, uh, structure, support area, you know, who all to go to for what. Uh, so it's it's like a bible for a founder to refer to so that they don't make a mistake. If they need an ESA policy, it is available. They need a You know, sexual harassment policy—it is available, or whatever other policies are required—it is uh, feasibly and is ready. One, another thing: all job descriptions are available. So there is many, many aspects of library that is available to be able to. And who are the 20 people in our network uh, from mentor group, advisory board, and the partners that they need to reach out and partner with, so that they don't make mistakes. These are technology startups; they end up some way or the other making some or the other error. In the compliances on the type uh, on taxation, company secretarial matters and other financial matters, we, we need to handhold them so that they those mistakes are never made or uh, they are minimized after they are at least, you know, before us, uh, it's very difficult for us to assess as to what mistake they would have made. We do our detailed diligence in that diligence. We educate the founder and we make sure then in future they don't make any such mistakes. Governance levels of any PE VC funded companies is many, many times higher. And that's what we have to promise to our next series A investor, that if your Nest is a partner, they've already taken care of these basic things and hygiene as well.
0: Wonderful, Sunil. Uh, so to wrap it up, our final two questions. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think we can go on and on on this conversation. It's so fascinating. Pleasure. <laughs> so, so what will be your recommendations to founders who are looking to raise funds uh, in this current time uh, when we are sort of in midst of coming out, rolling out? Uh, the, so what
2: will be your recommendation in journal and keeping the current? Our message, uh... On 27th of uh, March, to all our founders, one communicate, communicate, communicate to your customers and to your employees. Whatever be the scenario, our startups go through miserable times where they don't have salaries to pay for three to four months, or you know, they are not able to do a particular promise uh, to a customer in case uh, there is some challenging situation comes by. Communication to customers and employees makes the difference for a founder. Over communication is better. Then then saying that this this information doesn't matter or uh, may not be relevant for the customer or the employee, we need to be doing that. On that uh, front, uh, on uh, communication, there's one more aspect I must tell the founders. Founders, VC funding is the last source of your funding. The first source of funding, if you can do, is the ones where the customers come and pay for you. And you still have the ability to grow the business because customers are paying advance or early. For your services we have two unicorns in india zoho a sas play currently valued at four billion dollars not a single penny invested by an external guy similarly we have zerodha where only maybe uh, employees would have put in some money otherwise zerodha is a unicorn a broking uh, entity not a single penny taken if you can have a business model where customers are paying for it we will love to partner with you and if you can show that we uh, uh, we will come in help you scale faster. Yeah. But as founders, think of a business model which has a scale and which can grow on its own, maybe without the external capital. If external capital is required, make sure you are you partnering with the right venture capitalists and growth stage VCs as you go along, able to, to give you the capital at the right time.
1: Lastly, Sunil, just wondering, uh, is there any fund that you really admire or any investor whose strategy you've really admired? whom you uh, emulate or want to emulate from your nest perspective
2: multiple of them are different some people uh, we started respecting because of the ethics and transparency very simple stuff to get to know about their brand value by them uh, as to how the founders they funded speak about them and the co-investors who invested with are respecting second there are uh, international funds who have created entire ecosystem be able to support the startup manner whichever manner they need wherever they need so i won't name them there are many of them we've been seeing their business models it's a very expensive business for a venture capitalist to follow however learning from them we're building a partner ecosystem so that whenever our startup needs a help on any area they can be they can be extended you know on that count uh, i must tell you you know, one problem in the last eight years, time to nine years, we've not been able to crack. Having a right HR recruitment firm for talent acquisition at our portfolio company. Whoever we partner, they come with lots of business models, etc. Never been able to consistently deliver. Now, uh, you know, should we build this particular talent in-house in the team if that's not happening? How do we solve this problem is one problem that I have to solve in 2021. And hopefully... Yeah, I've got the solution with one of the investors uh, with, uh, with our uh, fund who, who, who can come and help us.
0: Wonderful Sunil, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to have you and didn't realize uh, the time went so fast. Uh, thank you for all these wonderful insights and wish you all the best for the new fund and uh, you know much more success and much more many exits thank you oh uh, i said uh, it was wonderful having you sunil and we wish you all the success and much more many exits uh, uh, over the coming months
2: thank you ashish and uh, to the listeners the founders the people who have a dream to do a startup uh, please please uh, come come forward create jobs get india to to add disproportionate or economic value through your efforts as a startup all the best in your endeavor yeah, happy journey